Welcome to The Something Forum by Echo & Co, a podcast where we talk about digital and organizational transformation, innovation, and nonprofits, and hope you learn something along the way. For this series, we welcome guest Amy Bernyard, who will talk to us about her work with Easter Seals and founding her own nonprofit and small business. We'll explore how fundraising and finances can both be an asset and hindrance for digital transformation with nonprofits. I'm your host, Andy Vanderland. Hi, welcome to the Something Forum. I'm Andy with Echo and Co. Talking with Amy from Easter Seals. We're in our fourth and final episode of this series, our toasts. So we're just going to brag, talk about how awesome we are and the work that we do and things we're excited about. Um, any questions we think nonprofits should be thinking about, but in like a fun and gay way. Um, so kicking us off, Amy, what is giving you hope right now? Not just with work. It could be in life too. Again, going real deep, existential. <laughs> Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of people right now, since we're getting out of the pandemic and just like able to travel and reconnect a lot, um, I feel like there is this like new surge, I feel at least like of wanting to continue off of that, uh, camaraderie that we had during COVID of like trying to build something together or like get closer like and people need those connections too mm -hmm. i think that was one thing that we all learned is like we need those physical connections so i think um just continuing to like know what's important values but also understanding the value of um you know of others yeah. <laughs> and just having having those relationships i feel like that's been really really strong and i'd love to see that continue and um you know work personal life as well yeah did you have to quarantine the like two or however long um stay in your house and don't go out type of situation for at the beginning of covid or did, was your experience different mine was different uh yeah i think i i think i did for the first few months really mm -hmm. um and i can't remember how long we stayed out of the office i think it was about a year wow, that yeah. we stayed out of the office yeah really impactful. I, before COVID, I was like, maybe I want to move into DC and like a condo and be more down where things are happening. And like, then we had COVID and I'm like, I am so happy. I live out in suburbia because I could still take yes. my dogs for a walk and like that kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. So everyone's experience obviously is very different, but I didn't have to do the like hunker down, don't leave situation, which was yeah. great. And weirdly I made more friends. Uh, so that was kind of oh. cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. But it's like to your point of community, it did give us an opportunity in our neighborhood. People were like signing up to help other neighbors who couldn't go to the grocery store and like waving to each other. I was like, whoa, right. we're friendly now, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm from the deep South. I'm from South Louisiana. So we always were like that. <laughs> and, and, and so actually moving out of the South, or well, I guess people still continue consider Virginia the South, but out of the deep South where like you, if you walk so, past someone on the street, you have to make eye contact oh, and gosh. ask them how they're doing. You have to say hello. Like you, that, that's like a non-negotiable. And I lived in New York city for three years where 
if you do that, you're a psychopath. Like you yeah. cannot look at someone in the eyes and tell them good morning or how are you doing? That's not okay. So I've had like the culture shock in both ways where I think Virginia is like a good in the middle. <laughs> I have friends that live in Minnesota and they're like, yeah, we were just like waving to cars as we were driving. I'm like, can you put your hand down when you visit me, please? Like, yeah. this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, are there any people or things that have been super influential in your career? Resources or humans? Um, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I feel like the mentors I've had, I've been so fortunate to have kind of guide me and be advocates for me. Um, definitely amazing colleagues who have been very, very supportive. Um, I think I've just been very fortunate with a lot of people that have reported to whether, you know, at that small nonprofit, if it was the board uh, who, you know, was willing to meet with me every single week or, you know, currently our CEO, Kendra, she's, you know, one of my biggest champions. It, you know, everyone's, I've just been really, really fortunate to have people in my corner who see what um, I'm trying to accomplish and, and understand my vision and are willing to help, you know, support me along that ride. Did you seek out formal mentorships or are these more relationships where you're able to ask questions, a little less, less formal, more just as they yeah, do naturally? I've done, I've done both. Um, I've had for, more formal mentorships and, and more, you know, just relationships that have grown into that. Um, I think there's value to each, honestly. And I don't think you have to have, you know, just one mentor at a time yeah. um, and in trying to, you know, but it's really hard to find a good one where you're really getting the most out of it. So sometimes yeah. one at a time is really what you should be doing to get, to get the real um, value. But, you know, I think also just keeping it diverse. Like, I mean, mm. it's not always like I need the person who's going to get me to my next step, you know, and that's the person I need as mentor. Mentors can come in so many different shapes and sizes. Mm. Um, you know, I had early on um, someone who was, you know, a VP at New York Life. He was a male, and I mean, it didn't it didn't seem like anything that would quite fit what I was doing. But that diversity is what challenged me and gave me such new perspective. And so I would I would highly recommend that if people are looking for a mentor, not trying to narrow it to mirror yourself, but mm. to really look at someone who's going to give you a different perspective and challenge you. That's great. Um, there's a book, we have a little book club slack and work at echo and one of my colleagues, Bill read it and recommended it to me. Gosh, and I'm going to forget the phrase, but it's something like cycle bomb, cycle pump. I don't know. The idea is, and I'll find it and put it in our show notes or something, um, that they just contribute, not even intentionally, but in the case of Bill, he like has these books and he's always pushing me without intending to, to like learn more or to engage with like our books differently. Like he journals and writes about it. I'm like, Oh, I should do that. So like those kinds of things that have been really uh, helpful for my personal growth as well. <laughs> um, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Okay. So we did a 360 review at my last job. So, you know, your peers, your direct reports, the people yeah. you report to your managers, all, you know, kind of fill out uh, their review of you, evaluation. And it's a lot of the typical kind of um, 
you know, interpersonal skills of communication and, you know, problem solving and, you know, all that kind of stuff that they rank in those, in those 360 reviews, evaluations. And you get like a really detailed metrics of where you're strongest and where you can use some improvement. Mm -hmm. But for me, the coolest part was in the comments, the open free, you know, uh, comment section where it just said, you know, you know, explain a little bit more, like tell us your experience or why did you rate Amy this way? And almost every single comment mentioned how fun I was to work with. And I was like, why is that not a metric? That is like (laughs) the best. Like I thought that was like the best thing anyone could say about me. I don't care if I don't, you know, if I'm not the best in email communications <laughs> or, yeah. you know, if maybe like you don't like my project management style, but if you think I'm fun to work with, yeah, that's awesome. That's that great. Is awesome. What do you think you do that makes it so fun to work with you? Uh, I don't know. I think I just genuinely enjoy what I do, but also um, I try not to make everything too serious, you know, like yeah. I think some of the content we work with can be serious and like what we're doing you know, as an organization is very serious, but, you know, at the end of the days, we're just marketers and fundraisers. Like no <laughs> one's dying over this. Like, like all of our deadlines are, they're just that they're just deadlines. <laughs> they're not like right, life yeah. or death. Um, my husband's actually an ER doctor and his work is life or death. And I think that helps <laughs> right. give me perspective. Like mm-hmm. when he gets home and he's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, was able to save somebody. I'm like, yeah, me, no, I got nothing. Like, <laughs> I was able to save a file. You know? <laughs> like, so there's like really just, it's not as serious, um, you know, but everyone takes it seriously, which is great. And we should, it, like, it is very important yeah. work, but, um, you know, it doesn't have Some to be. Some perspective. Uh, it doesn't have to be so much pressure, I guess. Yeah. I will say that we use Slack, one of our tools, and we have a channel, an internal channel for Easter Seals, so we can coordinate stuff, make sure if we're running over on time on presentations, I can interject and speed us up. Um, and we're like, often we're like, oh my God, Amy's so awesome. <laughs> so we think you're fun to work with too. Um, I don't know how much Kamiko will love that I shared that, but we love you. We love working with you. <laughs> um, is there one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, follow your gut mm. and that you, you don't, you, you want to listen to what other people have to say and you definitely want to take things into account fully. But if it, if you're, and I do mean like the physical feeling you get mm. when you know something is right or wrong is almost, it's like 99% right. I mean, you just, you think that you are really need to push something forward. Um, and it's, it's just gonna not work out. If you don't, then continue to push for that. You know, don't, don't stand down just because you're getting pushback or there's another opposing idea. I think it's worth continuing and you might not win, but like, I think your gut tells you more than, um, than anything, honestly. How did you develop this gut instinct and learn to trust it? Uh, I think a lot of, some of it was just like, I mean, I'm a hyper planner. I'm sure you've already figured that out. Like I want everything to be as planned and like, you know, everything to go exactly how it should. So like in my early twenties, when I found out that, you know, we were moving to a city that I didn't ever think I was going to live to live in. 
I, you know, had a panic attack. I was like, no, we can't do that. It's not possible. It's just not possible. Um, and, you know, my husband being in the military and having to see deployments happen that we didn't think were going to happen and just, just things just coming life, just life yeah. happening. You just realize, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like I, we're still surviving. We're still okay. Everything still works out. Um, so really you, the planning piece of it mm. is less, it, it's still important. I still do it. I still like want to like write everything out and see how things go. And of course they don't go that way at all. But <laughs> when it comes to like those big changes and knowing that, um, you still have some control, you know, you still have some yeah. decisions to make within that while you're out of control, that's your gut. That's what's telling you, okay, now that we've been delivered this news, how do we handle that? Mm. Um, similarly to these big projects, like we had just, you know, um, within this first phase where we had news that kind of blew up our entire plan, potentially, <laughs> you know, like what's, what's your gut telling you that we need to move forward with or how do we handle that? You know, now that you know it's not going to go according to plan. Um, what if your gut is to burn bridges in that case that you referenced? <laughs> <laughs> then you burn them down, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it does. It does go. You know, sometimes you do know when you gotta know when to cut your losses too. I mean, that is a part of it. What guilty pleasures do you have? I have some from stalking, listening to your podcast on my list, but I want to hear what you identify. Maybe you don't think of them as guilty pleasures. Maybe you're just like, this is not, there's no guiltiness about it. Oh no, there's guilt with everything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, as you know, I'm a big fan of the TikTok. The elder (laughs) millennial in me has fully flown into it like it is my encyclopedia for life. I don't even know what my algorithm is and that and that and I think that's part of the fascination for me is like I am using it to learn how to fix my house I'm learning it to cook I'm learning it for, for comedy I'm getting excel tips like I it's the Russian roulette of information and it's fascinating to me so I, I think that that's a place I spend way too much time but at the same time I'm like I mean, it's giving me therapy tips. I mean, I'm getting everything I need out of a single app and just scrolling. Are you kidding me? Where have you been all the way? So I hope it doesn't go away. I know that there's threats that it probably will. But, uh, you know, for the time being, I'm getting what I can out of it. What's the, like, Excel tip, your favorite Excel tip from TikTok? Oh, there's so many good ones. Really? There's so (laughs) many good ones. Yes, I just recently followed a new... Because I actually followed a few, but I just followed a new Excel <laughs> uh, channel for tips. Um, and, and this one, I think, is more about visualizations, like how to actually make your Excel beautiful and Ooh. so people can digest that data a lot better. But, of course, like the little tips of just like how to do things quicker, too, is like I love that stuff. That's amazing. I don't have TikTok, but maybe I will. One of my goals is to learn how to better visualize complexity because um, I have it's an area for growth. So maybe I need to go find this TikTok. Yeah, if you do, just know you, there's no coming back. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it, is a, it is a hole that you will fall into. 
for hours. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, in one of your other, one of your podcast episodes, and you're welcome to talk in more detail about it if you want to, but you mentioned this glitter conspiracy. I love glitter and I was fascinated <laughs> by this. Can you, can we pull that back up? Can you explain to us the glitter conspiracy and give us any Yeah, updates? that feels like such a long time ago and you know what? It's never been solved. What? Now that you say that. Yeah, no, I'm, we still don't know. We still oh, don't know. Oh my God. Yeah, no, um, yeah, so I, ha I I also work on, or not work, I, my friend um, Kat Wallace and I, we do a podcast, and it started with her diagnosis of breast cancer and just talking through that, and then more recently, in the past year, her sister was also diagnosed, so her sister's on That's it as crazy. well, but um, it, is, it is wild, and it's um, been really interesting and enlightening for me just to hear from them. And learn more about it but uh we also talk about completely ridiculous stuff and <laughs> non-cancer related topics being what i find on tiktok and this glitter <laughs> conspiracy is you know there was a comment made to i think like the new york times or some publication from a factory worker or a, you know someone who worked at the glitter uh, factory which by the way there's two producers major producers of glitter in the world and i think they're both in new jersey but um really yeah, it's like the entire world's glitter coming out of New Jersey. <laughs> and, uh, and she said something to the effect of, you know, the, they keep on buying all the glitter, but they don't want us to tell it. They don't want anyone to know what it's used for. Like mm. very vague reference to whoever their biggest client is, whoever's buying the glitter is basically trying to keep it under wraps, who, how it's actually being used because no one wants to really know that it's glitter. <laughs> and so, of course, it's through TikTok into a storm of like, oh, is, it, is, it, is it on our food? Is it the sparkle in the sand at the beaches? Is it, you know, something that's being used um, in medical products? Like, how, like, why wouldn't they want us to know? And what could it be? And I don't know, it's just fun to think about that stuff, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I'm surprised. But we, we still don't know. They don't know yet. Someone has to figure us out. Keep me posted if you uncover the truth, Amy. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I will <laughs> uncover it myself. Don't worry. <laughs> You're going to go undercover as an employee <laughs> at the glitter factory. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. To wrap us up, is there anything you want to share that we haven't covered? Any questions that you wish we had talked about? No, I think we covered a lot. Um, I really appreciate the time and the conversation. So, you know, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, are there places, any links? I don't know, your TikTok handle? You don't have to share that. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, I'm, not, I'm not a content creator. I'm just an observer <laughs> okay, of the TikTok. Okay. All right. We'll share links to like Easter Seals stuff. Please. Um, yes. Of course. But Cool. Well, thank you. In closing, enjoy having a baby tomorrow. <laughs> we look forward to seeing a picture. Um, we'll put it on our internal Slack channel about how awesome Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Something Forum series with Amy Berniard, Vice President of Development Operations at Easter Seals. I'm your host, Andy Vanderland. Alyssa Huntley is our editor. The music you hear in this episode is Something About Something by Sarah, the instrumentalist. This podcast is produced by Echo & Co, a digital agency sending creativity on a mission.